Welcome back to the Social Seller Podcast. I am beyond excited. We're going to hop right in. We have Oswaldo Cepeda here, not only a good friend from the Midwest, grew up in a fellow small town, Midwestern town, and is one of the fastest growing well-known photographers in the country. And I know that's going to be even beyond here soon. Now, you've done a lot. You're a personal trainer. You've put the work in. You come from playing a lot of video games as a kid like me, and, and that'll come full circle when we talk about Web 3.0 and, and how that's coming around. Oswaldo, thank you for being here. What brought you to San Diego, and, and it sounds like you're moving to LA here soon. Oh, it's a pleasure being here. Um, but yeah, what, what brought me to San Diego and California in general is kind of like how you mentioned, I come from a small town. So I come from like a Midwestern town. You guys don't know the Midwest. The Midwest is just like very sprawled out. There's like a few big cities here and there. You have Chicago, which is like, you wouldn't believe it's in the Midwest. And then you leave Chicago and it's like just farmland. And you're like, yeah, what, what is this place? So I'm in one of those like small towns that isn't by anything, like a small farm town, about 20,000 people. And I lived there my whole life. And growing up in a like, small town, you don't really have like big goals because people don't necessarily like leave the small town scene. They kind of just stay there for like their whole life. And I was like, this is not for me. Like, I don't want to do this. So I was a personal trainer for a while. I was like, you know, commuting to work to like the nearest town, which is like 45 minutes away. How old were you? Um, I was, that was from when I was 18 to 20. I was doing personal training. And then, so like fresh out of high school, went to personal training. And then after that, um, when I was 20 was when COVID hit. And then that's when I was like, okay, like I can't get back into personal training because there's no way I'm going to be able to actually find work for like the next minimum a year because people are going to be too scared to leave their house. So I was like, let me see what I can actually like do that I'm passionate about that will bring me money and will allow me to kind of like leave Watertown, which is the town that I'm from. And at the time was when like TikTok was really starting to blow up because during COVID, everyone was staying inside. Everyone was, you know, usage of social media was just like skyrocketing. And TikTok was one of those platforms that was like, everyone was like, oh, this is the new Instagram. You know, you can get viral overnight. And I was like, oh yeah, let me try that. So I, I downloaded TikTok and like I saw that photography was like actually becoming a thing because at first I was like, oh, TikTok, that's like musically, you know, that's like dancing and lip syncing and stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure like everyone thought that at first, but like the more I started using the app, the more I was like, oh, like there's like actual other niches on here. It's not just, you know, kids lip syncing. A lot of it was kids it lip syncing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there was like other stuff to, to be made with it. So I was like, oh, let me just try and, you know, dabble with that. And um, I met some friends and then I was like, given an opportunity to move out here. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna take it and see what happens. You know, if I fail, I can just always move back. Um, is that but, what you thought in that moment? Cause yeah. that, that's a big part of it, right? Cause to get out of the small town is like, you, you almost have to think what is worst case scenario. And then that's what enables us to do it. Like, Oh, I come back. Yeah. Here. Cause in my thinking, it's like, Oh, the world's on pause right now. So like, if I get left behind, it's like, it's my fault. You know, if it was like normal and I like moved out of here like, during the middle of like, just a normal economy, I would have definitely gotten left behind. Cause it's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but because everything was like, just slowed down almost to a pause. I was like, I can come out here and like afford to like, not be as good as like, I initially want to be because the world isn't moving anywhere anytime soon. So I was like, okay, let me just go out and just, just feel it out and see what happens. And if, you know, if it doesn't work, I can always just move back. So worst case scenario was like, oh, I like lost a year of my life. I can just move back. But when I got out here and like, I saw the culture and I saw the drive that everyone has and how much more creative people are out here, I was like, oh, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So when I got out here, the reason I went to San Diego instead of LA was one, the place that I found to live in was in San Diego. So I was like, okay, you know, don't really have an option. Uh, but two, it was also San Diego was a lot more open during COVID than, than LA was. LA was like, 
shut down like you could not do anything like every like studios were shut down places to eat were shut down you had to go everywhere you had to wear a mask you know you couldn't do like more than like what five people or something like that so in they were always in san diego yeah so i was like damn like i don't want to do that for a full year because i'm not going to get anywhere you know as a new photographer i need to be putting out work i need to be getting my my toes in the door or my toes in the water my foot through the door and like actually getting content to like show that you know what i can do is you know worthy of of being like you know social media famous and whatnot um so i i went to san diego because i knew that it'd be a lot more open and obviously it was you know after like the first few months it was basically like back to normal um so then in san diego another thing that i liked is just like the pace of it was like a little bit slower which is good if you're beginning because if you're in la and like you're coming from nowhere it's like everything's like that yeah it's like new york la and then it's like like those are that's like the two really fast-paced cities and i was like i'm not ready to go from like a small town to the second fastest paced city in the u.s like overnight so i was like okay san diego is like a middle ground like it's still big it's close enough to la that if i need to go up there i can i can but it's also like i'm not in la so it's not like as much pressure to like be be great be like you know as best as you can right now or you're gonna starve so that's why i chose chose san diego over la but now that things are starting to pick up now that you know life's a lot I'm in a lot better position than I was a year ago. Um, I just signed a lease, or I'm about to sign a lease for my apartment in LA, like right downtown LA, where it's yeah. really hectic and super, you gotta get going. But I'm at that point where like next year, I'm like going full balls to the wall. Like I'm already at a good point. I'd like, I wanna be, I wanna double where I'm at by next year. So. That's why you're on the social seller. And that's the why I'm here. The social that's seller why I'm here. We need to make sure Oswaldo is on everyone's radar right oh, and, and i know you're on a lot of people's but nowhere close to the masses like like we were talking you know a little bit about youtube TikTok. and if you don't know oswaldo yet you can look him up on any platform from youtube TikTok, yeah. Insta, and you're gonna see incredible work um for i'm fortunate to in the uptown team to work with a handful of creatives you oscar and a handful of other friends do work that is authentic it's unique and it stands out and so i know in the intro of this oscar and i will, will make sure we have some of your work uh, phase in in the intro. Um, I also love that you explain, and, and I have to f fully align with almost everything you said, with coming from the Midwest, to me, San Diego, because it was a little slower pace, was an easier transition. No no joke, I was intimidated by the move out here. You too, like, wow, oh, yeah, it's a lot it's different. It's a big difference, a huge people difference. Nice? Like, you know, the things that I've seen on the news out here, like, is that true? And, and anyway, you, you just do it. And I love hearing that you, you enjoy it too. And being a creative, I think it does make sense. Oh, right? to be you in, have to be. In, you, know, you have to be in LA. To be in those circles. Yeah. What, you, you briefly touched on it. What, what is the why behind this for you with the photography and, and creating your brand and building your brand in a way that aligns as an influencer yeah, you're the photographer working with the, the, the right agency. yeah so i'm in like a i'm in a unique position where i do the content creation and i do like the work behind the camera but i'm also big enough that i'm like an influencer myself at this yeah. point you know i went from like no following whatsoever last year to like i have over 150k on tiktok i have 80k on instagram you know 20k on twitter approaching 10k on on youtube in within a year span so it's like to me i'm still like oh i'm a nobody but like people look up to me now, which is like crazy to think about. Cause last year that was me. I was the one looking up to these photographers. I was the one looking up to these people. I was like, oh, I want to be, I want to be them one day. And now that I'm in that position, I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like I actually have to, you know, be responsible with, with what I do on the internet, you know, digital footprint and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like I'm in a unique position because I have like a talent that not a lot of people have. And 
to be an influencer, you really are just like a walk-in billboard for these companies and these ads. And you're what these companies and what these ads want you to be. You know, mm-hmm. you're either you're you're showing off a product or you're you're driving traffic to a company. You're not really creating anything or like putting anything of value out there. You're just kind of like a billboard for these companies. And that's how a lot of like TikTokers and a lot of these like uh, influencers make money, which is like, you know, more power to you. If you can just be like making $20,000 $20, a month from showing products, go for it. And as pissed as you want to be, like they've put in the work almost oh, always yeah. to, Dude, and, and no one sees that. And oh. how annoying it actually gets to be in it for that long. Like it's, it's not sustainable in, in my eyes when I dabbled around with it. And, oh, it's so hard. And now this is a whole nother level. Yeah, people, people always say that like, oh, influencers don't do anything. You would be surprised at like how much they do behind the scenes because they don't show you everything. Exactly. And like, I've met plenty of like really high, high end like influencers, like high listed influencers. And they're just like swamped with work 24 seven. And it's like, it's very mentally draining. It's like one of the, it's like a lot more mentally draining than people will make it out to be because they have to deal with like hate comments. They have to deal with like all this stuff. They can't use the internet without like getting trashed on, which is like, you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But like every day, day in and day out, like that starts taking toll on you and you just have to like kind of back away from the internet and which is like kind of sucks because like that's what made you where you are. So it's like, it's like a really weird paradox where like you get to the point where you want to be, but in order to be there, you have to like deal with all of like the, just the worst of the worst on the internet. And it just makes it, it makes it, just not a pleasant thing for you anymore and you're just like well this is my job now so like i have to do it yeah and like luckily i'm not in that position because like a lot of people like my work so it's like like i said i'm in that weird position where like i create value that's more than just like ads and this and like i've had companies reach out to me like oh we'll pay you to promote this i'm like i mm, i'm not in the point where like i'm okay doing that because like i'm i still have like a a newfound following so i'm like I want to keep it as genuine as, as possible. Yeah. And it's almost I, like a disservice in a way. Yeah, like, and I'm oh, just I'm like, already trying to make yeah, I don't want to be like another ad for them because then they're like, oh, he's just like another one of those. It's like, I, I'm going to find a way to get my bag that doesn't require doing this because I don't want to be an influencer. I just want to have influence. And I think there's a big difference with that. I love that. There's a huge difference with that because if you're an influencer, you know, you can, you're walking billboard. But if you have influence, you can have your following support you instead of the company that is supporting you. So like, for example, if... I'm, I'm creating a brand and not a company for my brand. If I wanted to branch out and do clothing, I think my following would understand what the clothing would look like. You know, it'd be more edgy, more moody, darker colors and stuff like that because it aligns with my photography. If I wanted to do music or something like that, same thing, it would be darker, more on the moody side of things. Um, and because it's my own brand, they'd be more willing to support that. And then because it's my own brand, more of that money would go directly to me versus a company coming like, Hey, can you support our company? And we'll give you like a kickback of it. And then, my, my following may or may not like it because it's like not my authentic brand versus like a company, they do like one thing and they, want, they do one thing really well. I don't, I, really, I don't necessarily want that. I wanna create a brand where I can kind of dabble in whatever I want and people will have a sense of what that is before they even go to it because they already know my, like my style so deeply. I love it. And let's unpack a couple of the, the gold nuggets in there. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> having influence. I used to be under the belief that having influence is like a bad thing because of our age and in influencers and not getting too close to them and then where we grew up there weren't really influencers so it's like there's almost a little like i don't know how to say it in a subtle way but like the friends from some of the friends from back home are more likely to throw rocks in the virtual sense or like you know not be supportive of someone that might have gone gone from their school that has done some cool things and it's not their fault it's just that's the lens in the life and the environment they've been in um but influence is a good thing. And when you're using it for good, right? And when 100%. you have enough influence, 
you hit this fork in the road and you decide and you determine and it comes down to your values and the quality of human you are, am I going to use it for good or bad? The list of bad influential leaders and, and I'm talking on a global scale. It's a lot. I'm talking, yeah, and we're not even going to name them. <laughs> Unfortunately, the bad names usually will trump how many good people are out there because when you see the good at a certain level, that's where you have a lot of the anonymous donors, I'm realizing. It's a lot of, I don't want the attachment because it almost does more personal growth for me, right? right. I'm, I'm helping in a genuine way. I don't want the attention. I don't need my name on the the University of Iowa's cafeteria, right? right now, right. does that sound cool? Absolutely. Does that help, help maybe establish family legacy? Yeah, so I see all the in-betweens, but I love this, and the point here is influence is a good thing, and it's how we use it. Second gold nugget, if we are building personal brands and influence around ourselves and being authentic, something I'm always striving to do more and more, like yourself, like Oscar, you could start a business and it could fail. 100%. But your personal brand and supporters are there to support you and whatever else you do. Do you see the power in that? And, and I didn't know that early on. It's exciting. And, and I realize I have to come from an authentic place and people have to see the real me, which I, I'm working on of like, you know, like you'd say, there's a lot of not pretty things in our day-to-day -day life oh, that, that yeah. aren't Instagram worthy. It's the back-end work. It's when you haven't seen friends for a couple of months because you're working. But um, I love this. Now, before we move on, I get really excited about personal brands and I would love to be able to build one like Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan has built an authentic brand and everything around it, but he can say whatever he wants authentically and does he get the hate like anyone else would? Like think about all the celebrities that could make a single tweet and, and mess up, right? Or, right, or yeah. they could have done something and, and someone's pointing fingers at them. Joe Rogan can do it, but he's like the alpha state, not only in, I'm imagining in person, haven't met him yet, but he's that same way in all of his content. Oh, 100%. Right? And he doesn't stand down. And he has that credibility too, being around all these fighters. And, you know, they come on the show, they have respect for him. <laughs> it's kind of like a Wes Watson. It's kind of like a, a Navy SEAL. How do you think that kind of personal brand can be created? Is that possible today? I think it is. I think you just have to really be authentic because people love getting famous off of a version of themselves that they aren't like there's you see it all the time where like someone gets really famous and then like they have like a breakdown and then they like release a video they're like sorry i haven't been myself in the last two years like, i got caught up in it. it's like why would you let yourself do that because then at that point it's like if, if it starts to feel like a job if you have to like go into like a persona in order to be like relatable with like your following you should already be relatable and that's why you should have a following is because these people relate to you on a personal level i feel like people relate to me and my content because it comes from like a like my work is very like more like emotionally driven um and i feel like a lot of people just like are are bad at expressing their emotions but when they see photos like mine they're like oh like i can kind of relate to how this photo feels and then you know they make a connection with it and then that's why they decide to follow me versus like People that like do like you know dances and stuff on TikTok, like, oh, they're like they're entertaining, but it's like temporary, like a temporary attachment, and then like you know they go on and do something else, and it's like oh, they they're they're just like ghost followers, like they f they found you because like one viral video, and it's like okay, now they're just there because they don't like, want to unfollow you. Um, if you build like a solid connection with your following, I feel like you can create whatever authentic brand you want to, because those people they don't care about your content, they care about you. And I feel like that's something that's a big difference in, in the social media world is, do your followers care about your content or do they care about you? And when I first started, I wanted people just to care about my content. I was like, I never, I didn't show my face on like any of my platforms for like the first six months. Cause I was like, I don't want people to know who I am. I wanted to have this like online alias of like this mystery kind of, this mystery person that no one knows. Um, and then I kind of realized that like, oh, like the more I show myself, the more like support I get. And I'm like, 
dude, this is awesome. Like I did, I always saw that. Like oh, if I showed my face, people would like be like, oh, this guy. Oh, Do you know what me. what you did different? It's, I it's, you humanized it. Yeah, you did exactly. The exact same thing on LinkedIn. Exactly. People overthink and overlook how important a quality profile picture is on LinkedIn, where you're smiling, looking directly into the lens. Right? Yeah. Why? Because it's a professional environment. Now, there's oh, I don't know hundreds of millions of LinkedIn accounts, as far as I understand, and the only thing that separates you from someone else is that picture, right? Or the yeah. visual. So the same exact experience in seeing your work, it is absolutely moody and it's absolutely emotional. Yeah. And, and there's light and there's, there's color, there's dimension. And this is coming from someone that's not a photographer, someone that just values it. And looking at NFTs and things, I see I value authenticity, anything that's novel, right? Um, and you mentioned before we started, you, you had a quick business call, but right before that call, you mentioned you had sold some NFTs. I, yeah. What is your take on Web 3.0? Um, I think long term, long game plan. It's great. It's going to be, you know, it's obviously the next, the next evolution in in both social media, both just internet in general. I think right now, as it is, I think we're still in that weird in between phase where some people are trying to exploit it and trying to like use it as like, oh, this is the next step. And then just like doing cash grabs and then like yep. run in. Like um, there's tons of like 10K projects. It's like the number one driving factor for NFTs for like the past few months. And 10K projects, for those of you who don't know, it's just, they're like digital assets that are randomized and it's like a, a, a figure and then there's like uh, traits and each trait has a different rarity and there's usually like 10,000 of them and you mint them, which is like you, you put in like a ticket essentially and then you get one spit out and then the, the next day it like unveils and then you get you know to see if you got like a rare one or like a common one and then from there you can like sell it and it's kind of like stocks basically um but the thing is like these are really easy to make and a lot of people figure that out and they're like oh let me make my own let me get some money and then let me put no value back into the web 3.0 ecosystem so these people are making these like 10k projects and then they're like hyping it up they're like creating this false you know sense of oh we're gonna push the boundaries we're gonna do this we're gonna it drops, people buy in, they get a bunch of money and they just like desert the project. And then it's just like, I don't, I don't think that's the way Absolutely not. Web 3.0 should be because it's like putting a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Cause like, say that's like your first, um, your first chance at using Web 3.0. It's like, oh, I'm going to be using the blockchain to get this, this avatar. And then you do that and then you just waste all your money. You're gonna be like, oh, fuck Web 3.0, you know, fuck NFTs. You know, you're not going to be into it. And um, another thing is like, there's like a like a gatekeeping culture kind of in NFTs right now where like celebrities are trying to buy in because obviously they have the money to do so, which is great. That means money's going into the, the NFT world. Um, and NFTs are just like a small part of it, but that's like the most prominent part of it right now. So like celebrities and stuff are like trying to buy NFTs from people. And like on Twitter, it's a big thing to like expose what celebrities in your DM. It's like, that's not really the, that's not really the move because like you want to have these big people of influence because if you show that they're into NFTs and people that follow them, like we mentioned earlier, like devoted followers of them are gonna be like, oh, what's an NFT? Let me go research it. Let me go get into influence. it. Exactly, because they have real influence. And I know right now it's like, there's some pretty big names in it. There's like uh, Odell Beckham, there's Jay-Z, there's- um, Big ones, Snoop Dogg, Des Snoop Bryant, Dogg. Gary Vee are like some of the OG names. Now yeah. there's, there's other names under that. And Tom Bilyeu, I would say, added to that picture with, with the impact theory. Like some of the business names are, are coming into the space. Visa bought, bought a punk like, like he just announced a secret project behind the scenes there's Facebook like a bunch yeah there's like a bunch of companies that they may not be so like pushing forward like public with it but like if yes. you look at the patents and stuff like they're working that's behind the scenes. and that's what a lot of the world doesn't see and yeah and if you get in now when they finally reveal it and like everything jumps up you're gonna be like oh i'm so glad i got into it like when i did even if it's like a month ago you know because like um like ethereum like around june it was like 
a thousand, a thousand eight hundred. I think it like dropped to, and everyone's like, oh, NFTs are dead. And then if you bought in at one thousand eight hundred, like right now it's forty five hundred. So it's like, yeah. even like in three months, that's a crazy amount of change. And that's without any of these like big like investment firms or these big companies getting into it yet. So once all of these big companies and these big like driving forces get into Web 3.0, Ethereum's gonna skyrocket. All these crypto assets are gonna skyrocket because everyone's gonna be like trying to buy it up before it skyrockets and that's gonna drive it forward. And I feel like eventually um, companies like Facebook, Meta, um, they're the ones that are gonna be revolutionary, like, I, uh, like revolutionizing the way we use Web 3.0 because they have the tools, they have the resources, they have the assets to make whatever they want. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, as much as everyone hates him because he's like, a, you know, trying to create a monopoly. In, such a smart move. In Web 3.0, like right now, the only driving force is profit. And like I mentioned with the 10K projects, everyone's only doing it for profit. No one's trying to use the technology to make something new. Mark Zuckerberg is a billionaire. He doesn't give a fuck about profit. He's there to revolutionize the way that we use Web 3.0 and then profit. So he's gonna like he's got to reverse. He's he's got the resources. He's got the assets. He's got all the funding in the world. He's gonna use the technology to change the way that we can actually use Web 3.0, and then that's gonna change the entire scene altogether. And I think 10K projects are gonna be a thing of the past in four or five years from now, um, after all these big companies come in and show new ways that we can use it, because then people are gonna actually want to invest in these cool new ways of using the blockchain, not just us like Avatar. And I think that you know there's still gonna be the staple ones like uh, Board Ape Yacht Club, Punks, uh, Cats. All those like you know like squiggles like those like the first novel. The novel. yeah 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 they were the like, first to do exactly it. they were like the first to do it so they're like okay there's still like value in those because it's like it's like owning a piece of history it's like oh you owned like one of the original NFT projects like that's actually and worth the beauty something. of the blockchain is that it's all tracked like exactly. that's, that's what people I didn't get for a long time the the real power of NFTs are in the smart contracts and and then the utility yeah and that's that's the the difference right. I, I've supported a lot of creatives with their artwork because I want to I want to own one of their first because I know that over the next five to ten years so that's a long term hold. Yeah. Now there is definitely money making opportunities, and I think on the flip side is some of the utility. And for anyone that is hungry for it, I highly recommend looking into Tom Billu's project. Um, simply because I've never seen a project appeal to business owners, and this is the only way to partner. The right to partner with Impact Theory, with any, anyone in his network, so five to 10 years down the road, and there's only 2,700 of those. They were right. all minted, bought up right away, right? right. Um, my vision is, I, I know that Coca-Cola is gonna be coming into the space. I know that the, the big Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 50s are gonna come into the space. The big whales will come into the space over the next year, in two years, and revolutionize, absolutely. Oh, but they're gonna come in with money where they want the things. And when they want something exclusive, they just want it, right? So I love that you're saying the novel of these. I mentioned the functionality because they're, it is not simply just the image. And it could be a moving graphic, right? When I say utility, it means you're getting in and you're a part of a community. And that's, that is how I value, number one, the investments that I'm getting into in, in the NFT realm. I got into the first one in May and just seeing kind of the progression. A lot of it is just bird's eye view, watching how everything is coming around. Okay, you know, this is popping off. I think gaming's going to... Oh, that's going to take over huge. for 2022. Yeah, That'll be where we see NFTs just take over. Now, it's going to be fun when we see AAA plus games start coming out. Um, and all of a sudden, like, you know, I think earlier in the week, the, the snake equivalent in, in, um, in the NFT world that'll, I don't know if it's on Polygon or like what, what platform, but the equivalent of snake is like snake on a Blackberry or whatever original phone is currently right. like one of the highest, 
market caps, like it's in the top 10 for gaming or something. I was watching it earlier in the week and it's like, I just know, no, it's going to go well beyond that. But oh, that's how excited yeah. people are getting into that because they want to be a part of a first functional product. Yeah, exactly. So I get it. It's what do you value? Yeah. So I think I really value the utility aspect of it as much as like I want to hold a cool asset and be like, oh, I was the first one to do it. I also want to have something that like has utility. So like a good example would be like with Board Ape Yacht Club, what they're trying to do and the way that they're building their community is they're trying to have like these cool in real life events where you can only get in if you're a Board Ape Yacht Club yeah. member. And there's like a bunch of, you know, high list people. So it's like, oh, I can get in the same party as like Jay-Z if I wanted to, which I feel like is like a lot bigger of a flex than people think it is. Like people are like, oh, you just bought like a stupid cartoon. It's like, dude, well, this cartoon lets me get within 10 feet of Jay-Z. So can you do that? No. So I think that's a good it's utility. It's the right to partner that they can use that NFT. Like there's yeah. so many ways, right? That that board ape now, they're, you're seeing it. You're going to start seeing them on commercials that, that you'll see in the Super Bowl. I yeah. watch, quote that. I bet we see oh, something 100%. Dude, there's like some board apes people. in the Super Bowl. There are some rich people in the NFT going on. Um, and, and yeah, anyway. And with, with board apes, the other thing is they when you buy an NFT, when you buy a board ape you're also buying the like copyright of it so you can yeah. lease that out to like they make the money when exactly wants to so then that's another that's another commercial. utility you know why sell your board ape to Disney when you can be like hey I'll just license it to you and then just make passive income off that and exactly. then when the time comes that you want to sell it you've already accumulated like enough to like buy a floor one back so it's like that's what I think is good utility but a lot of times. Right now, at least in the space, like a lot of the utility is just like, oh, you're part of this community. It's like, well, do I even want to be part of that community? Because like that community isn't like that stellar yet. You know, the only communities that are like really crazy right now are like the Board Ape Yacht Club community because it's like everyone knows a Board Ape. If, even if you're not in an NFT, you've probably seen a Board Ape. Yeah. And then these like new communities are trying to like copy, like replicate that. And so you can't replicate something that like came up naturally. You know, you can't force community. As to just happen. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what 10K projects don't understand. But a really good utility I've seen on one of the projects that I like recently um, got my eyes on, I think it's called MetaHero. And basically it's like these, these like cameras set up in like a like circular pattern and they take a picture of you, super high res, or they can scan whatever, it's not just you. They can scan anything into like the metaverse. And then from there you can NFT yourself. So then you can like lease your image to like movie companies to use like CGI or like video game companies to like put you in like a game and stuff. And I think that's a really good utility because it's like now you're like really part of the metaverse. You're like, why would I buy an avatar when I can be my own avatar? Why would I, you know, try and do a different image when I can literally just be myself in the metaverse or I can license my image to somebody or I can sell my image and stuff like that. And I think that's a really cool way of using Web 3.0. And I think that like com companies that do that or like projects that do stuff like that, where it's like, let's think outside of the box. Let's not just do a 10K project. Let's see what we can actually do to push the space forward. I think those are the companies that are gonna be huge four or five years from now because all the, all the 10K projects are gonna die off. And these companies that are coming in, like actually using technology to do something new and do something revolutionary are the ones that are like people are going to actually know four or five years from now because those are going to be the ones that are like driving everything kind of like how apple was the first to like really make smartphones something that people wanted before then you know everyone was like they wanted a, 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 a like physical keyboard and i remember black like if you go back to like 2007 those like news articles are like oh uh, blackberry was like clowning on iphone because like um they were like oh people want a physical keyboard and like they were wrong and it's like when they figured it out, it was like, oh, like, it's fucking game over. You know, they're already years behind iPhone and then iPhone just kind of took over. So same thing with this. People are like, oh, people want 10K projects. People want this. Like, I, I think they only want it because that's what's only available right now. You know, I, I agree and I disagree, right? Oh, because really? the, the power of 10K is community. 
in, in what I'm valuing, what I'm looking at is how many, how many owners are in it, right? Now, if That's there's true. less than a thousand in a 10K project, a that sketchy. means whales, yeah. right? And anyone can pull the rug. But now if I'm looking at volume, all-time volume in projects, I'm, you know, uh, we're looking at projects between two and 10,000 Ethereum traded all-time, right? Now, most of these projects, if you're looking on 90-day map, whether it's IC Tools or um, Nansen or even uh, uh, OpenSea, and activity yeah. like shows you a lot of this data now you can start to see where this where this is kind of going and go into the ranks. Don't look at maybe the top 100, but start keeping an eye between the top 200 and 300. And there's kind of some magic there um, when you start looking. But yeah, the volume aspect is a big component. I agree. I don't even click into any project that isn't actively, if there aren't enough owners in the community, simply put. Oh yeah, 100%. right. Because that's usually a good indicator. And just yesterday, or earlier this week, like on Monday, there was that famous, uh, and it's going to go down as an iconic like meme in the NFT world. I have a feeling, but it's that guy live streaming with uh, whatever with the project squid game, that they pulled the, the rug squid, on. He was like, it was like, oh, market cap two trillion. Oh, it's at zero. <laughs> <laughs> and you know so many people lost a ton of money. And unfortunately, that's happening. But That's all coins. Though. You got to be careful exactly. with all coins. Oh, yeah. Straight up. <laughs> you Straight be up. So this careful this with whole those. space, right? And when we're talking NFTs, this is just the next progression from crypto, right? Yeah. And that's, that's for anyone that might not be an NFT. Yeah, they're, they're two different things. Crypto and NFTs are like, they're, they're the same and they're, they're not the same. You need crypto. It's the, the token. It's the U.S. dollar you have in your pocket. Yeah. But now to use it on the digital scene, you use like a MetaMask if you're using Ethereum yeah. to now purchase something digital. Yeah. That's kind of the next. And then that's like the NFT. And the NFT is like the asset. Crypto is like the money. The NFT is like the asset. Kind of like a car is the asset. Dollar is the money. And then whether it goes up and down is determined by society. Because yeah. some cars will never be worth what they are again. 60 years from now, maybe those are like classic cars and then you can resell it for like whatever. Except in the metaverse, it's like, 10 times the speed you'll know if something's worth something or not within like the first five months because yeah. if the activity drops to zero it's done <laughs> There's, you're not getting your money back exactly you might as well sell it for like as low as you can and then try and write it off as like a tax write-off but you're not gonna get your money back and i think one project that really like showed the world how important community and how important like there's like factors that people don't really see is uh, mechaverse if you saw that the the mechas did you so they were like the most hyped project like ever like from from the day that they announced to like the day that they launched was i think two months and it went from zero followers to like a hundred thousand followers and then before they even like unveiled people were selling these for like six seven ethereum which yeah. for people who don't know like the the conversion that's like Twenty-five thousand. Yeah, like easy, easy yeah. thirty thousand right there. And people were just selling these, and then like people were buying them up for that much. One of my friends bought one for eight Ethereum. He's not, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> He's like, oh, I, I trust it'll go up. Unveiled, it dropped a little bit. We're like, okay, that's gonna happen. And then like all this fud came out where they're like, oh, this this little thing happened. And then people were like, oh, sell it, sell off, sell off. And now it's like barely one Ethereum. So, yeah. I think it'll come back. I, I, I was close to getting in, and I'm dude. Yeah, I was, I was like very, I was like feeling. It. I was like. I, I was like, this is too good to be true, but it's also like, if I'm wrong, then I just like, fumble the is, bag. In, in, is Metaverse the, the AAA game that kind of looks like Transformers, or am I getting that mixed up with? Mecha, Mecha, Mecha's looked like um, like Transformers. Yeah, yeah. like the, it's a AAA plus game, so that's why it got, right? Well, it, I don't it, think, it, I, the, one, of the, was one of the, they wanted to, like, one of their roadmaps is to make a game eventually, but like, from, like in the beginning, it's just like the avatars and whatnot, because they obviously, they need the funding to do that, which is another thing that I really like about crypto is, I think the biggest thing that NFTs can do for people 
especially like musicians and stuff, is you can now just crowdfund your own career instead of needing an advance from like a label. So one of the, like the models that I've seen is instead of going to a label, pitching yourself, they give you money, you have to pay that money back, right? That's how like the music industry works. Instead of doing that, an artist can build up like social media following, build up influence, and then be like, hey, I'm making an NFT for like my first album. Anyone who buys it can get free admission to like my concert, you can get exclusive merch, can become of this, you know, this community around my first album. And then all the money goes to funding the rest of his career off that first album, instead of needing to go to a label and pitching that. And then he owns all those royalties. He owns, you know, his own music. He owns everything about his music career. And he does need these labels to, to give him money to do so. The, his fans and his true followers can actually do so. And then you're also getting utility of it because you're like, oh, like imagine you were like the first person to buy, I don't know, Kanye West's first album as like an NFT. 20 years later, now that Kanye is like one of the most like, one of the most influential people in music, like period. Fashion, yeah. yeah, fashion, music, like anything he touches, it's like the Kanye effect. Like he's got influence. If you owned his like first album NFT, like you could, you'd be sitting on like a gold mine because you're like, or his first pair of Yeezys, right? In the digital yeah. that also has a physical component, so you yeah. get them. But then everyone online knows that you own yeah. the original, exactly. Right? So you didn't just spend the 5K or 10K on on the original drop to get the first because you support him. This is taking a whole new way with this blockchain thing we're talking about in smart contracts. Still over my head in a lot of ways, and we're going to see this progress. But this is what keeps track of everything. Oh, 100. So so you can't. There's no lying. There you get rid of like the. It's absolute now. Right now we're paying for it with. Crazy gas fees. Crazy gas fees. Those will, it but, sounds like, go down in the next year. Well, Ethereum 2.0 is supposed to fix that. It's supposed to. We'll see how fast that comes out before Solana and, and some of these others oh, compete. Oh, I know. Solana's kind of going up right now. I think Solana's um, gone up like 40% oh, in the week. If you're listening to this in the first, well, I guess this will come out in, in, in next early next week, but Solana's a good place to be in right Oh, Solana, I, I got for, for anything to I keep got a bag liquid, in Solana. and that's like pretty yeah. confident. Um, no financial advice, again. We're just never friends financial that are advice. In, interested <laughs> in this. Um, a couple of the other projects that, that we've kept our eye on, I think Deadheads, really cool project. Uh, Deadheads is undervalued, but it's going to start blowing up because they're about to drop some unreal graphics in, in what's called Skull Troopers. Oh. This would be a project you'd like. Now, there's these Gen AI passes, which is from the same company, our same team, right? And they are dropping AI, is it generative? I, I forget the word, but of music, right? So, at mm, the intro of one. the NFT episode, We'll link it above here. Um, when we're going through, we Chris and I put it, I think we uploaded it last week. Biggie, who hasn't been here for a few decades, hasn't probably put out new music in, in the past few decades. Probably either. not, yeah. With AI, lyrics never before that have come out of his mouth. It, it listens to all of his music and then it creates. Wow. Well, in the intro of this interview, you can hear brand new Biggie and him talking about crypto and rapping about what this direction looks like. Now, it's only like 20 seconds, right? right well, this is in an NFT. The power here is we're going to have people like, uh, it goes so far beyond the holograms of like Elvis Presley coming back from whatever that, that sci-fi movie was. Right. Like, that's sweet. This stuff's already here and it's happening and you're, you're getting in now because you believe in the project. And I love the project that you said, like I need to make sure I get, I, I want to you know, join their Discord. Um, and for anyone that's interested in these things, before investing, and I'm sure you're doing it too, you're looking on Twitter you and Discord. You have to be. You have right? to be present didn't in know, yeah. I didn't like Twitter. Um, I stopped Twitter like <laughs> six years ago because I was like, I don't know how to tweet. It takes too much mind power for me in the moment. But now that's where the, like, yeah. the, the movers and shakers are. Which is weird. You would think they'd be Reddit, but it's actually Twitter. 
right? Yeah. They stay away from Instagram purposefully, uh, usually, which I yeah. think is interesting. I don't think I've seen a single NFT thing on Instagram. They're, they're slowly, but yeah, you won't get in contact with the founders or the teams. And a lot of these companies and teams are purposely anonymous and rightfully so, which is kind of cool. Yeah. There's a lot of big whales out there that no one knows. Yeah, no one knew that. No one knew that Snoop Dogg was, I forgot what his name is, like Mescagelli or whatever. Yeah. And then he like, I'm going to tweet on my real account. And then he tweeted and everyone was like, oh, no way, that's Snoop Dogg. But then they didn't care. They were like, that's cool. We're still going to look at you as like this NFT person because like he built his NFT community around like this image. So like people didn't like people were like, Oh, that's cool that you're Snoop Dogg. But like, we see you as this, which I think is really cool too. Like, yeah. And, and, um, who, who'd be the other one? Um, Steve Aoki. He's also an OG. He's he? been in, and a lot of people don't know. That. So Des Bryant, uh, and, and as far as when I got into to just some of the names that I'm seeing, the, the early adopters, Des Bryant, Steve Aoki, and like Gary V earlier in the year, we're, we're doing these things before the hype is here. So I purposely say that because, probably makes sense to kind of watch what they're doing right yeah. maybe you know i don't tweet that often but what i do do for nfts solely is i turn on notifications for founders right so i i don't have any notifications that come in for any socials except twitter and it's only like five to ten founders like a couple of the founders from deadheads a couple of like certain projects where i believe in them the other aspect and why i like tom billy and gary v and, and there's going to be a lot more of these projects that come out, right? There's, there's where Wolf of Wall Street's going to be doing some Fleshman out of L.A. He's heavily connected with, with a lot of these people. They're going to be dropping them. It's have they already, has the founder and the name and the, and the main person behind it, have they already made money? Like, are they building this community and they're not looking to profit, right? right. If they're not coming, if that's a huge indicator you'll see in the NFT space is like, I look at Gary, I look at Tom Billion, you know, they've, they, money is not an issue and they've hit s levels of success most people haven't reached. Now they see this as, wow, we can really take our community and help the world at another level. Right. That's what excites me because of the influence they've had before this in, in my theory, and, and I'm confident that they'll be able to translate this over to the blockchain in whatever way that looks. Um, did you watch the hour and 20 minute keynote from Meta? I did not. Okay. I saw all the memes though. Highly, <laughs> highly recommend it. I definitely will. And that's, highly that's one of the reasons why I'm like super hyped for, for the Zuck to get in. Cause a lot of people are hating that. Dude, he doesn't, that you and me are on the same page. He doesn't like, care about the money. He's yeah. there for like the technology. I'm and it's like, future. now I, I agree that he's in, in, he has to value the money because he has well, shareholders. He doesn't right? will. Yeah, so he, he doesn't has will. to, but, but on the flip side, yeah. I also think that it's but the yeah. whole, he's not getting any attention anymore with Elon and, and this whole space race. I think it's a smart play to say, all right, let's focus on like what is here. Yeah. Um, Plus, if he's like, the, if Facebook Meta is going to be the first like social media to dive headfirst into the metaverse, that's something you want to be a part of because then you get that like that you know beginning investor like perks like oh you were one of the first ones to be on Meta like you have you have a lot more you know credibility than someone that gets into it ten years from now. Absolutely, and that's all tracked in blockchain. So the people yeah. that own NFTs in 2021, I have a theory that in five, ten, twenty-five years, we're going to look back and, and it's all tracked. Everyone will know. You know when you purchased or when you didn't who yeah. owned it even if you sold something okay yeah you did own it see what i'm gonna do is is this is what i'm about to do when i don't know if meta is gonna be like a separate thing from facebook or if it's gonna like integrate facebook somehow but if like they make like a new thing to like make new usernames i'm gonna go and buy up as many usernames as i can just tons of usernames you can already do these right now just unstoppable domains you can do them on web3 so it can oh. be it can be waldo.x that's all that's alpha so we, right there we're purchasing these shit we're purchasing these things yeah up. that's but alpha that's the, go go buy coca-cola <laughs> and then be like yeah kicker. you you have the domain i haven't built anything on them yet but it doesn't I matter secure them. yeah it doesn't matter um you would go to um grocery store.x 
right? Yeah. Which is even shorter. Or than dot or ETH or whatever. What this means is this website in 3.0 means it. The, the foundation allows you to connect to a wallet, right? And anyone that's purchased an NFT or experienced enough of this is like, oh, that's the cool part with Web3 is like, I don't have to in insert my information. So I don't know, I'm sure, are there ways to turn a normal website into like, I'm sure eventually you'll be able to I'm sure. I'm sure eventually you'll be able to do that, but. Yeah, it's a wild world. It, we're in that weird in-between phase where there's still like a lot of skepticism in it, but then there's also people that are like, this is the future. I'm definitely on the money the, that's trickling in, like yeah. numbers that we've never seen. And the thing, uh, the thing I really like about it is that it's the theory, at least. It's it's all decentralized. Banks no longer going to have like a chokehold on everyone, which they have for like the last 500 years. You know, everything in the U.S. is ran by banks. Like any way you look at it, is banking institutions are the ones that like essentially dictate how everything works. With crypto, that's not the case anymore, and that's why the SEC or S SEC? SEC. It's so hard to pronounce. Yeah. SEC is trying so hard to be like, oh, we're going to regulate this. It's like, can you though? Like, we like... It'll be a few years before they have a full grasp. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're trying to, but it's also like, there's no, like, if people want to, they can go completely anonymous and just like completely avoid taxes. Very sketchy. If they wanted to, they could. And there's people that do. You, you can, but I'm also, that's, that's what I got interested in Bitcoin early on. Like I'm talking 10 years ago when I had a, my first Bitcoin. Now, was I thinking in terms of holding? No. No, like people, I was, back yeah. then people were just doing it to like go on the dark web. Yeah, buy exactly, drugs. Exactly, <laughs> once, once you see like this dark web thing, you're like, there's an Amazon thing freshman year of college. You're like, what? Like, what? Um, <laughs> dark well, web Amazon. All over the place. And, and um, the, the theory was, oh, this is untraceable, right? Like it's untraceable. Now, nowadays, with some of the really smart friends that have been in this for five, 10 years in, in trading actively, they're like, uh, their energy has changed. It's not like, yeah, you're anonymous. You can do these things, but again, the beauty of the blockchain is it's out there regardless. So yeah. can you make it a lot more difficult to find? Absolutely. Right, you can wash it. Yeah. Exactly, you can wash it. There's different things. Or you can use something like Monero where it's like, not traceable <laughs> yeah and that's what you're gonna see a lot of people doing right yeah. now especially going into like taxis and things like why wouldn't you have it in investments that that are continuing to grow so that you're not necessarily being taxed i don't know not financial advice not just, not, just i don't know interesting yeah. idea yeah right a really good idea <laughs> for a lot uh, of people <laughs> what i wanted to make on the meta video a couple of people on the team were like no you like definitely watch this and now an hour and 20 minutes that's like i gotta sit there that's like going to class again that's like a movie. i realize why so for the majority of the world, it's pretty difficult to understand what this future looks like. Like there's a metaverse, what does that mean? Okay, we could be like ready player one, but then why are NFTs that valuable? So I'm not in crypto yet, should I have Coinbase? Like all these questions. The hour 20 keynote isn't him standing on stage talking, it's him going through different virtual worlds and them, you know, Facebook spending, I don't know, at least 10 million, 50 million, 100 million in the production of this. Probably. Showing you what the metaverse is gonna look like, giving you the visuals that no company has been able to do yet now I see how this is going to affect B2B. Like, I won't be on Zoom calls anymore. I will be sitting at a table yeah, with you'd be and like, have my personal like in, a, like in the about. new Marvel movie where they're, like, at the table and it's, like, these holograms. They just put on, like, a headset and they can see other people. That's how it's going to be. It'll be goggles so to cool. start. Yeah. It'll be goggles to start, and that'll kind of suck. And there's a new version that Facebook announced. There's going to be a more expensive one that comes out early next year for, like, I have the Quest 2, but they need yeah. it. The next ones have sensors. They can read your facial expressions. So oh, your avatar sick. is actually that's reading sick. it in it right um now but eventually it's going to turn into like the wearable tech where it's glasses or wearable tech like this where you can just put your glasses on and even though i'm sitting here in my office and i have my desk right here i still see my normal desk and my notes but everything else i'm sitting in a meeting 
in space. I'm sitting in like a movie theater. It real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a real conference room, and I could show up in my like party avatar. And and there's a couple projects I'm watching that there's some really <laughs> cool like alien shit that's, that's happening. I'd love to show up like that. And then on the flip side, like there's the professional one, like like you were just talking yeah, about. You can literally just like get into now. You just swipe so out. See this? Yeah, you just switch them out. And I think people don't realize, or not a lot of people for some reason remember, Facebook owns Oculus, which is like the forefront of virtual reality so if anyone if anyone is going to have like a good starting chance at the metaverse it's going to be facebook because they have oculus which is like what everything like what started virtual reality was with oculus essentially yeah and they've owned it for like years now so i i feel like facebook was making strives to do something like this way back and they just kept it on the low well, think about it. Remember when Apple dropped like the the Google Gla or the, was it Google? No, it was Google glass. with the glass. The Google glass and it just failed. Like, yeah. five, ten years. That was just before the window. Yeah, that's it, dude. Before the window. You know the, the developers admit that we're like they're like look at it, look at it now. We should have just kept going with it. Think about who owns them. I bet they have to be ridiculously expensive. Oh, they're like it. that would have been smart to just buy one back then. Oh it's yeah. Just I didn't think there was utility because I didn't see the future, and that's what Web three is. It's yeah. Here. Well, see sometimes you're like ahead of the game and you don't realize it kind of like Kodak um, people like I don't know if people are in, that aren't in photography know this there's film and then there's digital Kodak invented digital cameras they invented it they were the first ones to do it way back in like the 60s but what happened was they thought that advancing the digital technology would like take away from their film profits because they were like primarily a film camera company. So what they did was like they, they built, you know, the first digital camera. They're like, oh, whatever, that's cool. We're not going to put any money into it because we don't want to ruin our profits. You know, we're, we're thinking about the now, not the future. Other companies like Sony, Kodak, Fuji, they were like, nah, nah, we're going to do it the other way. We know that that's the future. We're going to invest all our money into making digital cameras. And if you look at it now, Kodak's like barely holding on and all these other cameras are... Still wind-up cameras <laughs> that a couple photographers once yeah. in a while snag. And then, and then she's like, like now all these other camera companies like just completely demolish them when it came to digital because Kodak tried to catch up in like the early 2000s, but at that point, like Sony, Kodak, and or Sony, Canon, Fuji, all the other companies were just like so ahead of the game in digital, even though they didn't invent it. They were so ahead of the game that Kodak just had to like go for bankruptcy and they're like, damn, like we really fumbled the bag because they were so focused on the present, not the future. And I feel like that's, that's, that's one thing I really like about Facebook is they're really focused on the future, not the present. And Google had like the good idea of like, oh, wearables and stuff like that, but then they didn't stick with it. I think if Google would have stuck with it long term, they would have been a big a big player in the and luckily there's still a huge player in the world oh, so they're it's still not huge. like that hard yeah. i'm sure you know we don't even know if if they continue the the dev project behind the scene maybe they stop the hardware and you know like yeah it's going to be fun because the biggest companies in the world are most likely they've already had these conversations about nfts oh they've had them way before we have. these things are happening behind the scenes right so then all of a sudden because these are huge projects right to, to build a video game that's successful like i'm going to say less than one percent of video games that come out regardless of console are like actually successful, like our whatever baseline metric, are there this many people purchasing it per month or year and how many people are actively playing it after, I don't know, yeah, a year, even two, like, three years, but most fail. Yeah. But it takes a long time to build a good game that's hopefully gonna get yeah. you know, I a, mean, a look, return and look that's at, what's happening now. Look at Rockstar, for example, the ones that make Grand Theft Auto. They made Grand Theft Auto V. That game has been around <laughs> since I was in eighth grade. So that I had, you can have Grand Theft Auto on like four different generations of systems. Yeah. That's a good game. But then they made like Red Dead uh, Redemption 2, which was like supposed to be like this huge game, and then it, like it fizzled out within like the year because it didn't have like the utility to like, play with other people and stuff like that. So in the metaverse uh, keynote, do you remember San Andreas? Yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. 
Is that that's the first game that'll be going in. Oh no! Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what they're working on. So um, another reason crazy. to watch it. They they put gold nuggets in there that help connect the dots to anyone else that values tech and innovation. So um, don't think I have to watch it now. Yeah, and I, I watched it on times too. I saw I like back yeah, I saw like all the memes. I was like, oh, this is probably nothing like valuable. That's in what it. the average person's <laughs> doing because I don't think the average person's going to sit there and watch it. No, a lot of people that are like like into NFTs right now, they're just like they're in it for like the the money side of it, like I said, or they just got lucky early on. Like a lot of the whales got lucky. They're just like randomly happened to buy a ton of Ethereum. Now they're just like well, and, super rich. And these whales, think about it. They're about the, the whales millions. have assets and they have the oh, ability yeah. to invest. So it's just like successful business owners is what I'm, my theory is right now is like, once you get to a certain level, if you're, if your company does 500 million a year annually, right? That's a level that most companies do not. Now, if you've done that for a few years, naturally you're going to start to become known in the industry, right? Maybe an right. expert. You yeah. start to have some more influence. Now, that, that same influence doesn't... Shit, where was I going with that? Okay, so business owner like owning influence. What project was I just talking about? It, Before this one? Yeah, right, like what project? 10 seconds ago. I don't know. I think you were talking about a project. Oh, shit, I'm trying to think of, of the analogy. Oh, that, oh, these whales. These whales are successful business owners at the top is, is my way of kind of thinking about it. They might not all be business owners, but that way. They see investments and think in that line. Because they're all successful, they're, they know each other. A lot of them know each other in person. They're in their own circles and groups, and they have their own Discord servers and their own different meetings that, that are exclusive to them. So that level of people, when you have that kind of influence... A lot of times they know the founders of these projects, right? And the founders of these projects are wanting advice and insight from them. So right. there's these connections very early on about, hey, we're going to do this. Hey, we'd recommend you might go this direction or this. So they're able to get in. They're able to see more than the average person is very early on. And this is something just over the last few days that I've, I've kind of thought about just because there are these big whales that haven't been named. But the thing is, is what's the level above a whale? Because these people are going to start entering when the... the what, I don't know, I think there's like 2,000 living or dead billionaires in the world or right around 2,000. Something like that. And when those people start getting into this space and when they already love art and have a $100 million art collection yeah. in their life but now want digital versions, exactly. they come in and they don't care what it is. Right? Oh, They're yeah. just going to buy it up from whoever. It's, oh, that's exclusive, that's one-on-one. Or, or for whatever reason, I see utility in this, I want it, right? It's, see, that's, that's why I got into into nfts when i did i got into the nfts in the first big boom which was like way back in like may um yep. i sold my first nft for like it was like 1.25 ethereum which nice. at the time was like eh, like two grand something like that yeah. um but what i wanted to do is i just wanted to make sure that like my stuff was there in the beginning right because 10 years from now after i've built my influence after you know this is a long-term game for me right i'm not worried about the money right now i'm worried about it like yep. you know in the future because it's a long-term investment um, and I had some homies like buy some of my work and they're like, we're buying it because we know, you know, 10 years from now, like at the rate that you're growing, like this shit's gonna be worth a ton of money. Yeah. And like, that's my mindset is I want to get to the point where my influence, my brand, my image is like so well known that whoever owns one of my first NFTs can like flex that they own one of my first NFTs. Like imagine you own a, an original Picasso, like, yeah. you're like, dude, I own an original Picasso. Like, I can sell this for like millions of dollars. But at the time when Picasso was alive, like, People didn't really like him that much. Like, no. He was an asshole to a lot of people. And then he died, and obviously, like, the art snobs found, you know, value in his stuff, like, way later on. Same with, like, Van Gogh. He didn't sell... He sold one painting in, like, his whole life while he was alive. And it wasn't until he was dead that people were like, whoa, this shit's, like, actually good. Yeah. So, like, now it's like, oh, you can actually 
buy artists' work and then see the value like scale up as they're alive. You don't have to wait for them to be dead anymore, which I definitely want to happen because you know, if 10, 20 years from now, if I can make anyone who invested in me a ton of money back, that'd be awesome. But then also with my influence and stuff, you know, just knowing that like anything that I made is like worth a lot is also like just like a personal achievement because like, like damn, like I was right about the future. Like I am so glad that I didn't care about the money back then and just focus on like the long-term game, which I feel like there's a lot of artists that do that, but there's also a lot of artists that want like that instant gratification that like they drop a 10K project, like I'm out, I'm bouncing. I'm like, we're done with it. We got our bag, we're out. But it's like, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta think about the future with it. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. And when we talk about Web3 and blockchain, like there's so many angles and directions. NFTs are getting a lot of the hype or crypto, you know, did. And, and now we're talking about NFTs, but there's domains and there's this metaverse thing. And people are spending millions of dollars on buying and purchasing virtual real estate in, in yeah. places like Sandbox and, and different. Yeah. What's uh is is what's that one? The is it there's that one platform that you like can buy stuff with like mana. Um, I think that's is it metaverse? It's like an actual like it, platform. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it might be. Yeah. I think it's the one that Facebook's going to build their stuff off of, but I went and bought up like a bunch of mana. Nice. <laughs> I was like, eh, it's worth a ton right now. There's like a huge spike. I bought it at the top, unfortunately. So like it kind of dropped a little bit, but like I know like when Facebook like goes fully into it, that coin is going to be worth a lot. Yeah. Man, it's definitely going to be worth a lot when, when Facebook goes like balls deep into it because they're building it off of that coin. Yeah. From my understanding, unless they like switch up on it, it's just fumble my bag, but hey, we'll see. Yeah, it's probably a good place to, to have it in. Yeah. Um, and the one note that I want to make sure I, I mention here is like nine out of 10 projects are most likely going to fail. Oh. So just do your due diligence. You don't even have to do that much. Most people are watching YouTube videos and getting into projects from them, right? And realizing there's challenges to it, especially when they have a, a ton of subscribers. Now, I love watching Alex Becker. I think he's hilarious, right? Like he's, and he'll talk about these trades and things. But if you watch him long enough, you can kind of start to tell like when he's being a little bit more serious and when he's not. Mm. There's a lot of like satirical, like dark humor that's hilarious to me. Um, but then there's the in-between. So if he's mentioning it and within two hours of a video dropping, there's 100,000 views, right? Think about how many other people, like you never want to buy on the, on the up ideally, right? And, yeah. and, um, and so nine out of 10 are going to fail. Do the research about the team, and that's where you usually want to get into Discord and Twitter and start following. Yeah, you want right? to get into the community before it goes ideally like, mint public before yeah. even the mint. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's usually how it. you gauge if a project's going to do well or not is if you get into Discord and it's like all about community, not like about money grabs and stuff like that. And I think that's why like Mecca really shocked a lot of people because it was a great community, and then it happened and like it still failed. So people are like, okay, well that's not the only factors that matter anymore. Like there's something that we're not seeing. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Like there's just something that. A lot of it is luck, but a lot of it's also because you can't like you can't tell yourself I'm gonna make a successful NFT project and then go make it. Like, there's no blueprint to do that. Yeah, you just have to like it. Like, there's just something about the culture that has to like accept that it's gonna be like crypto toads. No one knew that was gonna blow up. No one knew it. It was they like didn't have there's no utility for a crypto toad. Just funny little toads like and profile pics and then like and they, they yeah. flipped cool cats in like a month, and people were like no one saw that coming <laughs> it was on nobody's radar yeah and then the whales were just buying it for the memes they're like oh, look at this one it's got a little hat <laughs> they're yeah not, they're worth like the forty thousand dollars like 
damn, like no one knew that. No one like a month ago, no one like I'm I'm in a group chat with some uh, other photography buddies who are like into NFTs, and like someone mentioned it, and we were like all laughed at it. And then, like two months later, Have you heard or, of crypto like, dig buds. Yeah, like that's another like, one. Like, these things are like, actually making money. But no one, what, I, uh, what I love is they're actually playing on the humor of this. Yeah. Right? Because it almost keeps the average person that doesn't even have crypto like, why the hell are people spending money? Like, it's a oh, picture. It's, like, yeah, what it's funny. idiots, right? Now, once you start looking into the utility and what does it actually mean, right? When you start looking into the roadmaps and you say, oh, okay, it's not necessarily what, what's the hype now, it's how can I support them? Yeah, you know, and there's also just some. There's also just something funny about like, oh yeah, I own crypto dick butt number five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's yeah. that's a and pricey I think, one. I think Gary Gary V said it really well. He's like, more people see the digital version of yourself than they see the physical version. So if you own like a punk, millions more people are going to see that you own a punk than they than people see that you own like a fancy pair of shoes or a fancy mm -hmm. shirt or like a Lamborghini or something like that. Like people won't really see those things. But if you have like an all digital world and you have like a digital asset, people are going to see that digital asset. So it's like, it's a lot bigger of a flex to have this digital asset in a digital world than it is to like spend this money on like physical stuff. A lot of like the, the whales and stuff, they like, they live really, you know, relaxed lives. They don't, they could go buy a Lamborghini. Why would they, why would they do that when they can buy a punk or when they could go and buy like this or that? Because people are going to know that they have that punk. And you have it on your phone. So you get to even yeah. show it off, but it's actually access. Like I have a handful that it's the only way to get into certain events. Like yeah. Board Ape. I'm not a part of the Ape Club yet. Uh, down the road, I, I think it'll be fun. And the other thing I want to mention is the winter is coming. What they talk about and, and why this is exciting if you're watching this and like, why is there all this hype on NFTs? I can't afford 10 Ethereum. Most of us can't. Right now, realizing the winter is coming, and when you hear that in crypto and NFTs, there is a lot of hype going on right now, and there's this newness. It could happen in December or February, it could be August, but we're going to see these things go down. Now, what's exciting for everyone is this would be a good opportunity to potentially consider like buying into these projects that you believe in, right? So, just knowing that we're going to see everything drop we just yeah. we just hit in the last week or two bitcoin hit an all-time high ethereum on sunday mm -hmm. night went up to 4600 or 40 4650 or something um now we're gonna see it trickle into the altcoins and we'll see how long this kind of bull run goes but making sure that you're liquid beforehand so don't necessarily oh, yeah. just get into projects There's a lot just of people to do it. a lot of people are going to lose a ton of money a lot of, dude i've seen some trades where they like lost like four or five ethereum technically they're up on profits like us dollars just because ethereum's gone up that much but you lost five eth at the end of the day that's a huge that's a big hit that's a huge like that's a lot and anyone lot. that's been in nft since may or at least dabbling with them you've definitely taken probably at least a loss or two no you we've know, all right? we've all hit some l's yeah yeah we all have to and i'm saying it's almost a good thing to it's do it make sure you hit your l's when they're smaller yeah and, and they're gonna happen early on when you're you're first experiencing gas fees and you, you accidentally double click on metamask or like you all of a sudden have right. two two keys that you're like didn't plan on this one but. of my buddies was trying to mint this project he dropped like it was like seven thousand on gas. Didn't even get it. Didn't even get it. <laughs> I've learned on drops, especially mints and anything that's quick. I, just I use the MetaMask browser in my phone and I make sure I'm on data. Dude, I just really. <laughs> that's been the quickest. No way. Like I get lag time or weird little Chrome extension, like the Chrome extension on my computer, and and it might be different if I had a high end like custom built tower like some of the yeah. friends, but. For me, that's that's been the quickest. Like I, I don't have like I didn't know there was a browser inside a MetaMask. See, you gotta be careful because I guess there's like a really big exploit for that. So really? all my friends, they don't have it on their phones, and they're like, "Why do you have it on your phone?" I'm like, "Because I like to live on the edge." But I guess there's like a really big exploit on like the phone version of MetaMask where they someone can just like take all your money. 
and Damn. you won't even know about it. So Damn. you gotta be careful of like luckily what, cold storage for all the big ones. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. cold storage, like hardware wallet for everything. Yeah. But you know, if you're using like a, if you have like something in a wallet and you actually click on the wrong thing, it's gone. Like it's game over. At least on like the PC version, you have to like, you know, accept it on like the yeah. little corner thing. For I think the 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 browser version on your phone, you don't have to do that. It's because it's already like yeah, you're already in it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. if you click on a link on accident, it's game over. So you have to be careful with that. True. And like true, true. you would think like oh this is obviously. And, and I guess that the next point is I'm also very sure, and I double check every link I'm using, yeah. and I'm only pulling them from Discord in yeah. the use these links. Yeah, yeah. You know, like or FAQ. Like I'm making sure you got to be. Double I got close with some other ones. No, yeah. I'm never ever drop your your address in discord chats like you'll see there's a lot of spam going on and someone will reach out saying like they're gonna sell you something like just don't believe it like also there's like another there's another scam where like um someone will airdrop something to your wallet and if you interact with it like somehow they can get access to your funds which i don't know how it works but if, if you f- see like a random thing, say you have like an, o- an OpenSea account and someone just randomly airdrops you an NFT and you don't know the person and you like try and interact with it, that'll like give them access to your account. I don't know how that works, but I've seen a lot of people lose a lot of money with that. Damn. So if you get Damn. like something randomly airdropped, you just like don't interact with it. So. Damn. It's, yeah. Damn. This is exciting stuff. We are over an hour and we didn't know where the conversation was going to go. And, and I love this because anytime we meet up, we always go down rabbit holes, but there is so much excitement happening and the future is, is oh, happening right so. here. And yeah. you and me love innovation. I know Oscar does too. We're putting this value out as, is two people that just want yeah. to share the love. Like, Hey, it's not an investment advice, but Hey, this might, this is similar to like, if you and me were in 1990 is how I kind of explain it. Like oh, if yeah. we knew the internet was going to be around, it wasn't just going to be Google and ask questions that one day. There might even be like social media and that's what aka we call web 2.0 yeah but in 1990 or the early 2000s we didn't have the assets or i wasn't you know we weren't alive yet to to be able to maximize that kind of techno like technological compounding effect and growth right i view this as the first time in our lives oh, for us millennials yeah where a little bit of money on the side and if you put it in the right place can create some unreal value and change and almost accelerate your life for whatever you're creating. Oh, 100%. You can, you don't, like people think you need a ton of money to get started into crypto, which for like the big projects you do, but there's a lot of small obscure ones you can just like flip your way up. I've seen accounts go from like $200 to like $100,000, just like flipping. Yeah. You have to like be on it and like know how like shit works and stuff, but like it's very, like you can't do that with with stocks. Yeah. You can't start off with $100 and in in three months have $100,000. No. This no. is just not happening. You can also lose it pretty quick. Yeah, you can also, you can also lose, lose it. it so yeah, yeah, you can. So you got to go into it with like, okay, am I willing to lose a hundred bucks? It's hundred bucks. So yeah, like, yeah. And and I do not come from any traditional stock trading background at oh. all. Like crypto is the first in January when I got into it. So all of our conversation has only been this year with crypto and NFTs for me. I didn't own any at the end of 2020 like I, I would have liked. Um, oh, I, everyone has. Everyone would have loved to have owned something back then. I have some friends that have like owned, like. Some of my, some of my friends in the in the group chat that I'm in, um, they were like pioneers. They were like in it like way back in like 2019. So they got like because yeah. oh. the first NFT they said dropped in 2017. But I mean 2018, 2019, they're they're like 2019 was like when there was like it was like uptrend is starting to happen. Like more and more people. I think 2020 was like when it like blew blew up, and then this year was like when the masses are starting to like dive into it. Because I remember like the first bubble this year, early 2021. People were like, oh, NFTs, what is that? And then, like, 
few articles and I just like died back down. And people were like, oh, it's dead. And then it came back up in like July and now it's like stayed high. And I think now it's like the last good entry point before it like really goes up. Wait, wait till the winter. Yeah, well, see the thing with the winters, I don't know how, how low things are gonna get. Cause right now, like NFT trading is going really low just because Ethereum's so high. But the thing with Ethereum's, I don't think it's gonna get that low anymore. Like I don't think we're ever gonna see sub 2K Ethereum anymore. I, I don't think so. And they said that, I, I forget what this metric is in the trading world, but they say that last week I, I saw a trader that I follow and he was saying that Bitcoin has hit a point where it cannot go any lower than like 25 or 24K now. And, and I forget what this, like, like a what that is. Like yeah, what, how, how you get to yeah. that point. But I'm sure Ethereum has that too. And, and yeah, it's, it's wild to see the masses get into it. And, and it's so cool to see countries, whether you're a third world or first world country, like getting yeah, in, like smart. I think, what is it, uh, Honduras, I think they bought up Bitcoin as like their, like, their, uh, to like back up their currency. I think they're like the first country to do that. And then um, I was actually in it already, but Algorand, it's like another, um, it's another coin, Algorand, is i forgot what the like the actual name of it but it's like this like it's just this trading system that like banks can use it's one of the only compliant uh compliant coins for that so algorand because it's it's compliant with these to saw like a huge increase because algorand is really good for like institutions and stuff to send money back and forth very low gas fee is really good for like just trading money um and now that like governments are like looking into getting into crypto coins like algorand are gonna also start to see a big boom on it and I was like, I like, Algorand gives you like, it has a good, um, has a good yield as like a 6%. So yeah. I was in it just like, oh, why not? And then like, it just saw like it blow up over now. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I'm glad, I, I'm, glad I'm in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot of projects like that. Right. And, and it's going to continue to happen. So anyone that's watching and like, ah, oh, feeling FOMO or missing out, like, absolutely. We're so early, I, dude. I feel like you're, so you're, you're still watching it and just be a part of it. Uh, watch it from a bird's eye view and see how everything's kind of happening. Don't maybe just, I wouldn't recommend blindly investing in a project. Oh, never. Um, just kind of watch, right? Yeah. And, and you kind of start to see, and, and I know for myself, I vibe with certain communities a lot more than others. So naturally I, I want to spend more time and I want to yeah. get more involved in a project. And, and there's definitely a project out there for anyone listening that you can find it. Whether you love athletes and, and you want to be with top tier athletes that think like that, like I'm sure there's those, those projects. Um, when you value utility and for me kind of on the b2b side how can this maybe assist uptown creation down the road that's what intrigues me and then i have a lot of creative friends that are dropping nft projects yeah. like yourself um and i'm sure down the road you'll be dropping a collection at some point i dropped a collection as like a just to see how collections happen and you very i was so what? confused i was like so confused. i will i initially dropped my first nft on foundation and then i, I did an open sea drop um just kind of know how to do it for like a future drop. Smart. Um, and you know, it's, go it's going well. I'm trying to like sell it out so I can, when I sell it out, I'm going to create like a photo book to send out to all the initial collectors. Cause like I said, five, 10 years from now, when my name is like way bigger, that's going to be worth a lot of money. Um, but I've also been a part of an auction and one of my photos sold for like four, 4.2 with ETH, which is like 16 K, which is Damn. a year ago. If you told me one of my photos was going to sell for that, I would be like, no, nah, there's no way. But then, I mean, I don't understand why more creatives are not doubling down on this. Dude, if you're a creative and you're not in the NFT world, even you don't have to be like selling stuff, but if you're not like in the now, if you're not understanding how things are going, like you're going to be left behind 100%. Because as a creative, I think NFTs help creatives more than anything. Because NFTs 
are allowing creatives to finally make a living off of the the work that they want to be doing, not just like what they have to do. Because like, say my photography, like I'm blessed enough to like be able to make money. People hire me because they like my work. You know, I don't I don't have to seek people to hire. Like people come to me. I don't have to, I don't do any outreach, which is awesome. Not a lot of people can do that. Had that not worked, I would have been doing like commercial photography. I would have been doing you know very like boring photography for like companies in order to pay my bills. And a lot of people have to do that. They have to put aside their passion to work these boring projects just to get money to pay their bills and stuff like that. But with NFTs, people want to see your work. People want to buy your work. People want to buy what's unique to you. And NFTs are allowing artists to finally make a living doing what they want to do, you know, whatever art they want and then fund it through like selling NFTs versus having to like have a side job and then have that be like your side thing where you don't really make money off of it. Which is like the first time in history where like yeah. artists, unless you're like a super prominent name that comes from like a wealthy family, like this is the first time artists can actually be artists and make a living being an artist, which is awesome. And there's you know, speculation that like, oh, this is all big money laundering schemes. Like, well, at least, you know, at least artists are getting paid. So even if it is a little money laundering. People that have never, in my opinion, been paid what, what they deserve oh, for their creative talent yeah. and everything that's gone into it for and their it's, life. It's so cool seeing your work in like a virtual gallery too. Like I had, um, one of my photos was in a, a gallery in Milan this year. I couldn't go to Milan because it was like, you know, I had COVID and everything, so I was like, well, I can't fucking go. But then now one of my works is in like uh, this collector's gallery who made a gallery, and I can like go in and like see right on the wall and see how other people's work, which is super cool. It's like, if I had a headset, it'd be a lot cooler because I'd be able to like, you know, look around and be like, whoa, that's a big piece, whoa. But like, you can go on your phone and like, you know, spin around and walk through th this gallery, which is super sick. Because you can be anywhere in the world and just see this collector's collection. And if it's like a really big collector, like, being a part of their collection is super cool as a creative. Cause you're like, well, like he now you're associated. Yeah, you're like he circle. values my work as much as he values this other person I look up to. Like we're in the same gallery together. Like this is so cool. And like as an NFT, like as an artist, and being like an, and being an NFT artist, I think that's like just one of the other cool things. It's like you can like connect with your collector. You can connect with like other artists through like being in this same gallery. It's kind of like how you would in like the physical world. You know, if you're in the gallery with some other artist and you go to the gallery, you can meet them in person and stuff. But with COVID being, you know, very restrictive, that hasn't been happening a lot. So a lot of people have been meeting through like these online galleries and stuff. And I just think it's like super cool to be able yeah. to like walk around this like virtual gallery, be like, whoa, there's my piece in this person's collection. I completely agree. I had a story two days ago. So Disney dropped in the last few months VV, V-E-V-E. It's an app. You can download it. Yeah. You can go on there and buy first edition like Disney anything. So that's Marvel. That's DC Comics. I, I purchased a... I snagged a couple DeLoreans. One's just a collectible side, but interactive doors open mm -hmm. for the showroom, and then one life size. Why? Because I understand at least enough about the metaverse and sandbox and these things that I understand we're gonna have vehicles too, right? Oh, yeah. And there's this functionality component, and th the reality here was I didn't wanna spend much on Vivi, but I wanted to make sure I was a part of a project. Yeah. And what's cool is just download, downloading the app for anyone that doesn't have an NFT, I mean, do your own research, but my belief is I know Disney has some of the hardest core fans and collectors in the world. Dude, now I can tell you the Spider-Man first edition, Captain America are going for like $500 to $600. $500 to $600. That's not much. The, the Disney like is using their own thing. currency. I forget what it's called, but it's oh, $1 is one point. So I spent $200, got these two. I was only looking for first edition because in my mind, as a, that's I'm not even a collector, but yeah. I know down the road, that's what, yeah. if I'm going to flip it, that's what they value. Yeah. You can go on there and spend $500, which is cheap. Dude. For Ethereum, we're talking like, we're talking point oh, I don't even know. Like 500 point is like oh point, three. yeah, no, that's like point good. three is like over a K. Point oh three. 
I'm yeah, saying like, like no, right now cheap. with the current, it's like such a slim, but yeah, just no, to give you context in regards cheap. to that. Yeah. 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 Um, and how can we, how can the social selling community, social seller community and us back you and everything you're doing as a creative in the work from the NFTs over the next year and beyond? Um, I think just like, just, just support within, you know, the online world, like sharing, sharing work. Cause like, who knows what follower or what uh, collector is following you? You know, that's how I found a lot of my work is I, like one of my friends who was getting followed by a lot of collectors were tweeted one of my things and then boom, they, yeah. a collector found it. Like, oh, I have to have that piece and purchase it that way. So I think with, with, um, especially getting into like the NFT world, just like supporting your artist friends that you like truly believe in. Yep. I think there's like a good fine line of supporting people you, you like, and then supporting people whose like work you like, you can like be supportive of your friends be like, Oh, like, you know, you got to you know, do that. If you don't necessarily like their work, I don't think you should be like obligated to share their work just cause it's like, you know, you don't really rock with it, which is fine. You know, there's an audience for everyone, but if you like somebody's work, I think that, you know, just sharing it yeah. is really, Doesn't cost it's, you anything. It's, yeah, it's free and it's way more than people think it is like a single retweet, especially that's why I like Twitter, a single retweet can just extend your audience to someone else's entire pool of audience, which is crazy because it was like, you don't know who's following who, or like, say you retweet something and then someone else retweets them. And then Gary Vee for some reason is following them. Now you've put Gary Vee onto this person's work, which is like, you can't do that with like other platforms. Yeah. So Twitter's really cool, but yeah, I think I think just like sharing, sharing work is probably the best way to to support your boy. Yeah, and what where can people find you? What's we'll put it in the description, but your Instagram is at Moody Darkroom. Yeah, so all of my social media is that's website, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, literally everything is Moody Darkroom. That's one thing I really uh, made sure to do early on was just continuity across all my platforms. So literally any platform that you can upload photography on, you can find me at Moody Darkroom. So it's all the same. I appreciate it. And we're here to support. I'm excited for more of these collections and drops to happen. I'm excited for the future. We are living it. If you aren't excited for the future right now, maybe we should restart. You should go back and restart this episode because this is here and we don't want to be the taxi cab driver 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that was just pissed off and said like, no, Uber's not here to stay. The world loves taxis. And I'm not going to download that app and be a taxi cab driver and Uber driver because no, that doesn't make sense. Just being, I don't even know what the word is. I, I got to be careful, but it, don't be on that side of the future, right? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be on the wrong look side. back and regret yeah, things. Don't, That's the life yeah. we try to live. Because like, again, kind of like how my mindset of when I moved out of California, what happens if it fails? Okay. At least I did it. it. At least I did it. Crypto, same thing. It could. I, I think crypto is too big to fail, but it could. And if it does, whatever. We tried it, and then we'll be ready for the next wave or whatever's to whatever's to come. But I think definitely the way that everything's just super technologically driven now, it's the next thing. And, and it's fun. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. NFTs have tapped into something intrinsically. Like it, it reminds me of the video game days when I was in junior high, oh, high school, 100%. and like I think that's playing what, online. Yeah, and, and then the collectible aspect. But now you're making money. Yeah. Now you're not just like flipping these things yeah. and being a part of communities, but you're, you're able to make real money. Yeah, Axie Infinity, it's like a, a crypto-driven game that's giving people in like third world countries full income just from playing these games that they like to play, which is crazy. Like you've never seen that before. Like you can't, usually it's the other way you have to play, you have to pay to win. Here it's you win, you get paid, yeah. which is like flipping the script. And it's allowing people in, in third world countries to finally have like a sustainable income through something that they want to do instead of having to go and like slave away their life for dollars a day. And Axie Infinity is like doing that. Like a lot of the top players in Axie Infinity are like they're really country people, and they're just like getting full income from just playing yeah. this game, which is you, you've never seen it before. It's so yeah. crazy. 
Damn, I love it. Well, thank you so much for tuning in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or right around that time, you're going to see a new video, a new interview live every single week. We're 35 to 36 weeks consecutively. We want to keep up that momentum. Waldo, thank you for being here, my man. This is an course, awesome man. conversation. We have not gone into this much de in depth. We didn't know where the conversation was going to go, and I love that it only makes sense to at least be talking oh, about the future because this can yeah. help As a creator, anyone that's know. supporting social, yeah. you know, the social selling community and Uptown Creation. From Oscar, Waldo, and I, we'll see you on Tuesday. See you later, guys.